I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I gave it all to Justin. <laughs> and my name is Colin Drucker, and no, I'm not Margot Martindale. Uh, and don't call me a character actor. And don't call me that, a character That should have been actress. my opening line. I always think of the, the better opening line as soon as I say my opening line. But here we right. are. I know we should we should do a dry run, but here we are. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I am so, as I was preparing for this episode, I was like so excited for it. Like normally, you know, we review a movie and a performance and I am so excited today to discuss, among other things, a conversation, an article that... By the a way, gift. it came out three years ago. Did it really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I noticed oh in the comments, there were comments God. from three years ago. But that doesn't matter. It found us at the right time. It really did. Um, I could have... So, I mean, I guess it all makes a little bit more sense with COVID and everything, taking that photo and like them snuggling up to each other. But <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Right, right. Um, but of course, we are here to talk about, among other things, primarily a three-year-old conversation published on Vulture.com. <laughs> Between two queens, Margot Martindale and the actress Anne Dowd. Uh, it was a gift. I I think I saw it on Instagram somewhere. And then it was one of those things, you know, when you open up Instagram and you see something really... Sometimes it's like a really hot guy. And then the... the mm -hmm. um, it like refreshes and then he goes away. <laughs> and I was like, wait, yeah. I wanted to see him. <laughs> and you don't update my feed. I know, exactly. <laughs> and you're just scrolling like frantically to try to find him and he never do. But in this case, it was a picture or the picture of that article. And I was like, what is that? Um, but I didn't see what uh, Instagram account it was from. So I just Googled Ann Dowd and Margot. It's like on a daily thing for me, just Googling Ann Dowd <laughs> and Margot Martindale, you know, yeah. but I, I happened to yeah. Google them together this time and I found the article and Ugh, it's like a really nice piece. Like it's long too, which is great. So I immediately sent it to Colin and uh and we're here to talk about it. it. Yeah. I mean, it is you know, well, I would have loved for this to be a filmed conversation we could have watched. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. I and that would have been ideal, but I'll say like the the transcription of a conversation is so good. I can hear their voices so clearly yes yes i was reading it in ann dowd's voice more specifically ann dowd i have ann dowd more down than uh than totally. margo but i can picture that texan flair you know that she has mm -hmm. um but yeah it totally i i do agree just with like it makes me think of that interview with ann dowd and um well, i almost said jimmy kimmel but that's not it the guy who used to uh john no 
Oh, the one where she says, I'm going to mention my roommate. She's delicious. Oh, uh, Stephen, Stephen Colbert? Stephen Colbert, yes. I, I couldn't <laughs> yeah. remember his name. I, I could pick it yeah. because there are little nuggets like that just sprinkled throughout. Yes. But it's just a lovely, lovely conversation. It's called A Conversation with Ann Dowd and Margot Martindale. TV's biggest I mean... scene stealers. <laughs> TV's biggest scene stealers are honored to be compared to each other. Just don't call them character actors. You know... This is this is the bait on the hook for a fish like me. Yeah, I like like a conversation with Ann Dowd and Margot Martindale. I didn't know I could have both at the same I time. I know, you yeah. know. Oh, um, this is you know people talked about like in the '90s. You know, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, and you know such similar distinct actors. And then they were finally in this movie Heat together, and they had finally like one scene together towards the end of heat and it was this moment of de niro and pacino and being like will arnett on that on that podcast i'm using last names you know so de niro and pacino were there you know um yeah bateman but they bateman Bateman. hey so yeah so bateman um so leguizamo walks in and i'm like sorry like john leguizamo is the example i always want to use because it's such a last name yeah it is it's very distinct um but to me to an actrosexual like myself and and you i'm sure the, the De Niro and Pacino for us is Dowd and Martindale. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. It's like I'm trying to think of like another pairing, maybe a little bit of a younger gen, like Tony Collette and blank. Laura Dern. Laura Dern or, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of anyone else, but it's it's not coming to me at the moment. Oh, I know. Marissa like Tomei. Amy Adams. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, Jessica Chastain and Bryce Dallas Howard <laughs> yeah. just... To prove they're not the same person. (laughs) Who's who of Hollywood? Uh, Yeah, yeah. But Um, this was. But yeah, I mean, this was great. So thank you for sending this. I mean, it's it's also uh, such a nice kind of. It was such a, a a fun experience, a sort of celebratory experience, which which is well in line for when we're recording this, which is right after the election. Mm -hmm. This is our first post election episode because. Uh, we took last week off because it was like right after election night, and I, I know that I I was just burnt out at that point. Yeah, wa- just, walk me I, through it. What were you feeling? You know, Tuesday through Friday, I guess, because we found out on Saturday or even Saturday morning. What was your week like? Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, it just gets to that point where it's like, you know, as the old expression goes, like ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. <laughs> I was like, I can't carry this anxiety anymore. I can't carry this this dread. Yeah. And and I think like so many people, as we got closer to the election, it was like, shit, this is real. Like it's you know, this is this is the moment. Like everything changes after this, hopefully. And you know, I mean, I I think we all went through last week kind of rechecking twitter and the news and doom scrolling even though we said we wouldn't and uh and it's funny i was watching so closely and was just like hanging on for dear life about pennsylvania and then finally on saturday i was like all right girl like you gotta like step away and so i was uh i was listening to um I, I bought Role Models by John Waters on Audible. So I was listening Ooh, to that, nice. which was great. And, you know, just completely not the news. And I was cooking and I was just like not paying attention. A watch pot, you know, doesn't boil or whatever. Sure. And then I get a text message from friend of the podcast, best supporting Amanda Kaczynski. She sent me and Johnny a video of Walter freaking out and the cat's not really freaking out and her saying, Walter, we have a new president and you don't even understand, but you're so excited. And I was like, 
we have a new president? They called it? Yeah. And so then I checked the news, and sure enough, Pennsylvania was called. And so um, I, I, I love that in 2016, I have this awful memory of waking up and looking at my phone oh, and yeah. seeing that Trump won. And in 2020, I have this lovely memory of excited pets yes. that we have a new president. Oh, God. Like, it's just, it's all what starting. A, what a bomb. <laughs> yeah. What a turnaround. So, yep. Yep. And so that, I mean, you know, uh, is essentially the emotional journey. And then I, I checked it on Twitter and I was said, oh, thank God. And I think I put my phone to like my heart and said, oh, thank God. Yes. And then like, was like, am I going to cry? I was like, I'm not even ready to cry. I can't like this. This is too big. And so, yeah, um, yeah it's just been this kind of like, <clears throat> I feel like a rescue dog kind of learning to trust the world again yes oh my god that's like the perfect analogy i I, a very similar story too it's like i i voted in person on tuesday and um which felt great and i was uh Mm. i mean first of all too the 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 fact that this was all like obviously every state counts and there are like bigger states than pennsylvania but it was really cool that pennsylvania was like i I don't want to say the deciding factor but it was like a huge factor of like just like that was what wanted for him that was sort of the tipping point for him and um and it wasn't just and like to hear like allegheny county be like mentioned so many times on like msnbc i was like that's where i live i felt like i won the election for everyone or even just me i'm like i'm a part of the cabinet now um but it felt really (laughs) great um just seeing that little blue county on you know the left side it's on the left side of pa everyone everyone always says that like they always get philly and pittsburgh confused and i guess that i mean they're they're both p names but philly's on the right side pennsylvania's on the left but it's okay for a little geography on the left (laughs) (laughs) there's philly and then there's pennsylvania (laughs) i was looking out the window at the rain and it was just so beautiful with the fall leaves and i got distracted um it's really hot here like it has been warm which has also been annoying for me yeah, it's been. I was going to say, I am uh, very excited to have a president that believes in climate change when I'm wearing shorts in November. Oh my God, yes. Uh, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I. I mean, certainly when it came down to Pennsylvania, yeah, we were texting of like, oh, if best supporting Pennsylvania comes through, like, come on, girl, like, give us that, give us that eleventh hour win, give us that Monique and Precious scene at the <laughs> I end. Know, you know exactly. We. Uh, it's. It was really great, but and. But before that, even too, um, I knew that I I kind of accepted because we were watching all the like it was just those poor people that had to like report this all week, and I'm sure like I don't even know what I I feel like I would have to just be on Adderall like the entire week just to keep up and like stay awake uh, in order to yeah. just um, <laughs> to keep going. Poor George Stephanopoulos, I was like, are you? Do you need to take a nap? I just feel like he was just running the show all week. But um, but everything I just kept saying TCTC the whole week too close to call. I was just like, mm-hmm. and I knew that, and even they were like crunching the numbers, and I knew I knew that like, but I I knew that um, it was gonna take some time. I was like kind, of, I fully accepted that, especially after Tuesday. I was like, this isn't gonna be for because Pennsylvania alone, we couldn't we couldn't count our ballots until election day, which is crazy. I was like, why yeah. is that a law? Who makes these laws? But anyway. Um, I guess no one really expected there to be a pandemic and for that to be kind of an effect, but uh, whatever. 
Um, but yeah, I and I remember I found out the same way through Amanda's video, and I found Keon. I like screamed. I was like, "Oh my god!" And I, it just didn't feel real. I think that was like the kind of thing too. Like you said, like the the rescue dog. It's just like learning to trust. I was like, "Is this actually real? Is this is this like happening? Happening or?" Yeah, right. Like, should I be worried about these lawsuits? Yes. And oh god, I. I'm not. I'm not I, either. I too. really. It, I just think it's all a performance. It's all very fascinating. I mean, I think, you know, uh, a since the election and since Biden was elected, I feel like I feel like I've been jet lagged. I feel like so much time has passed. Like that feels like such a long time ago. Pre-election 2020 feels like such a long time ago and not that everything's over or everything's fine like it's just beginning a new chapter but it feels like a new chapter and um i i love it i mean i'm uh i i love this i love a reality where we have joe biden and kamala harris giving you know coherent speeches and saying things that don't make me ashamed of this country and I love that there's going to be Champ and Major Biden in the White House. These these two dogs and Dr. Jill. I mean, like so many things to get excited about. Yeah, it really uh, is like a brand new day. Uh, and so I mean, to ways. go from Melania Trump to Dr. Jill Biden. I mean, what is like? Oh I, God, yeah, I'm so fascinated I mean, by Melania. I need. I just need. Yeah. I just want to know. Well, that's like the post-election story that I'm fascinated by, and I think. You know, when this all eventually, inevitably gets turned into a mini series um, or, you know, whatever, in however many years it takes, when all of this then gets kind of, you know, documented, I feel like, A, anyone who doesn't remember the Four Seasons Total Landscaping moment. Oh, will, my God. Will, you would ha- there'd have to be a little insert that says this really happened. We're not making this up for the movie because it's so ridiculous and so perfect um but b if i were to predict like the bsa performances of that miniseries i think it's the melania character yeah like not that melania trump is a bsa she's a big pile of shit but the character and the narrative of melania is fascinating oh yeah have you seen like the laura benanti um like the impressions she's like a broadway actress yeah she's Mm -hmm. i love her a lot on stephen colbert oh oh, whoa wouldn't that be great casting oh Oh, god God. i hope yeah it's like i yeah i don't i was like what's gonna happen to her are they gonna get divorced is she gonna stay with him does she have does she sign like an nda for like life you know what i mean right to not say anything i mean i just want her to write a book uh, or someone to write it for her. Let's be honest. Yeah, like, <laughs> all it's going to be called something. About, what was what was the thing about her like not wanting to decorate for Christmas or something? That was like the latest oh. scandal. I was like, oh, she's a monster. Yeah. she's a monster. Because Chris, I've she's already decorated monster. for Christmas. It was last weekend, and it was amazing. I've started to hear some Christmas music, and I've played that uh, ring Christmas bells that you oh, recommended yeah. a few times. Isn't it amazing? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Christmas music. Yes, oh yeah. Yes. Um, it's yeah, it's it's great. It's uh, that's yeah. Anyone who doesn't want to decorate for Christmas is not my first lady. Yeah, not my first lady. Uh, but I like you said for so many reasons that you just listed and more too. There's just so much to look forward to. It's like January twentieth, January twentieth, right? I believe so. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, the end of January, we'll say. Uh, can't come soon enough, and even just him kind of saying uh, like tackling covid and like the numbers are going up too and like it was just uh keon said yesterday too he's watching a clip 
um, of something of him just saying, you know, like, wear a mask and like even just saying like it's just so refreshing to to see leadership just saying mm-hmm. that like we haven't got that ever uh, since uh COVID yeah. has started and and like beyond COVID too it's like just listening to a sane person lead i i it's absolutely just like who would have thunk who would have thunk right right i forgot what it was like yeah it's been yeah. really great. i'm i'm really thrilled uh and have you seen johnny and i like we spent 15 minutes queening out in our most recent episode of Drag Race Holland recap uh, on the eight second video of Kamala Harris calling Joe uh, when she's like in her running clothes. Like clearly she's been on a run and, and she yes. calls him and she goes, we did it. Oh. We did it, Joe. You're going to be the next president of the United States. And it's it is eight seconds of just. It, it's all I need. It's all I need. My BSA the I week. Know. One of my She's BSAs the, the week. I love Kamala Harris. I'm. Uh, I remember her early in the debates. I remember this moment when you know they were doing the, the Democratic, uh, you know, debates, and there was some moment of like candidates fighting with each other, and she just kind of like mamaled in and was just like, "Can we stop with this? This is not what's important." It's you know, I'm paraphrasing, but it was, you know, she wasn't my like. I think I was maybe more excited maybe by Bernie and Elizabeth Warren for a while. But I remember that moment and thinking, oh, I love this energy. I love this. This feels like a real human being. And so it feels really nice to know that person is now going to be in the White House. Yes. Yes. There's so much about her that I just already love so much. In ways, too, it's like, yeah, Biden's president. But, like, there's so much oh, really, like, um, welcomed attention on Kamala for like so many reasons historically and just because she's just so cool she really is like I'm just excited to see her in action and both of them in action really too but um it's just really wonderful to see and um you know breaking so many barriers and like shattering that glass ceiling of like uh, women in that role and maybe even like maybe someday a female president let's hope let's hope Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think, you know, as I'm I'm glad Joe won, but I'm certainly way he's he's not I'm not excited. Joe won. I'm glad this administration won. Yeah. You know, like Joe's great, but it's like, yeah, well, what I'm more excited about is Kamala, Dr. Jill, second husband, Doug, you know, the dogs, the you know, who he you know, his his, you know, covid task force, you know, dedicated to having a diverse cabinet like thing. I think it's what he who and what he surrounds himself with that I think is really the most exciting about this presidency. Yeah, the cabinet. I'm just, you know, dreaming of who's going to be. On. Oh. And there have been a couple like um, I can't remember what position it was, but it was some oh, some lesbian. And I know that sounds like a, I can't remember her name and I'm not doing I'm, that sounds terrible. Yeah. But um, but I'm excited. But it, and it was like a person of color. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, too. But um. Kamala chose it like almost immediately too, and I can't remember the position. But just to see that, I was like, "Wow, this is uh, so much bigger than we actually think it." Is. I mean, it's big, but it's like it's it's getting even better. Like for all of the last four years, just opening up your phone and, and like you know, just cringing at like, "What am I gonna see today?" Yeah, and and to yep. see the total opposite of that is I, I, I'm it's like this cognitive dissonance in a way that I'm just like, yes. "Oh, I, yeah." We're out of the woods. We yeah. are out of the woods. I mean, right. there's some, I'm sure Mr. Trump will put up a, I don't want to say a fight, but like he's a tantrum more like it um, mm-hmm. until he kind of, I just want to, I want to see him get like publicly booted. <laughs> like I want to see oh, him I be know. dragged from the White House. 
I know we all have the fantasy of seeing him being walked out by the yes. by the Secret Service. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's he is growing more irrelevant by the day. I'm a, I'm more concerned by the 70 million people who voted for him. You know, by the fact that it wasn't a landslide victory for Biden. Mm-hmm. The fact that it, it it he did have to squeak this one out. I think. Um, you know, the likelihood that the Senate is still, you know, Republican majority, the conservative majority Supreme Court. Like there's things I'm I, those things I'm way more kind of wary of. But honestly, those are not ideal situations. But like I I think the the dumpster fire and the and the sheer idiocy and, and inhumanity of Trump and his cabinet and his, you know, and, and the shitheads he surrounds himself with just getting that out of the out of the White House is still a win and still a step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, we could go on forever. Just, I bet really it's like, we're yeah. just, I'm just so happy. It's just like walking, th- I mean, walking through the streets of Pittsburgh, um, just in my part of town too, in Lawrenceville, like, and obviously you've, you saw stuff on the news and everyone just like gather. It's just like, everyone just has to go out in the street and be like, it's happening. It actually happened. And like mm-hmm. people were like honking their horns and just like waving Biden signs and like rainbow flags. Uh, we were, we went to get like a baguette because <laughs> we were having a picnic later that day. We already had like a sort of socially distant picnic planned anyway with our friends, Ashley and Ben. And it just turned out mm-hmm. to be the day that Biden won too. So we were, we bought some champagne and got some cheese and a baguette and just like a couple of other snacks. And ugh, it was just, pandemonium but in like the best way it was just uh yeah it was just like a warm hug from everyone in pittsburgh like we did it <laughs> that's where i really felt yeah like we are responsible yeah. for this but everyone is right. responsible because we all voted for him too so yeah you could really feel the i mean you felt it in new york too and there was a lot of the same yeah. and just this catharsis just it was just like releasing this tension that people have been holding for years now um it's great. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens next, but uh, I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm obviously I'm very excited. Yeah. And same. Um, and so yeah. So obviously, you know, last week, you know, I think to be fair, yeah, we were kind of all out of sparkles, but we are back this week. Yeah. Um, so and and we'd be remiss to not talk about the election. I mean, I know we're here to talk about best supporting actresses, but like, you know, which is just such a you know in comparison to real the real world and politics is such an ephemeral like unimportant topic yeah but like at the same time it's like acknowledging what's important but you know then we gotta we all need them we all deserve a mental break from the election like you know what i just want to talk about women in their 60s <laughs> yes in in scene stealing roles i know an article um, three years ago. I posted this on from Twitter an article like it was written ago. yesterday. Thank God. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's still like all. All I did was like thank Vulture, and uh, but I it really did seem like a fresh article. I had, I didn't even look at the date, so that that makes it even more funny though. Yeah, because you know I realized there was something weird about it when when Marco and I'm gonna use I'm gonna go first name. I'm gonna be anti Will Arnett. I call actresses by their first yes. name. I don't do this last name stuff. So. Uh, when Margot was talking about filming the Americans, I was like, "Oh, I thought you, I thought that show was done." And so that was kind of the first tip. And Ooh, then when I looked at the comments, yes. and I was like, "Oh, three years ago." Um, but whatever, it is. It is just as meaningful. And so, uh, I mean, and just for context for anyone who obviously hasn't read this in the past three years, it is. It's everything you want it to be. It's the article. I guess the interview or the conversation is uh, is led by Gazelle Amami and. 
well, I, she kind of throws some questions out there. It's so much really is a conversation between Anne and Marco mm-hmm. and, and I can just picture it. I can, I can picture, you know, I don't know what, what Gazelle looks like, but I can picture her sitting across from them and the two of them sitting next to each other and just like turning and saying, what about you, hon? What about you, Marco? What do you think? And, and just like, what a, what a gift to get to just sit there and watch Margo and Anne talk to each other about acting. I know. Ugh. But then we get this transcript of it. Um, that is, yeah, it, it is a long read. I was, when I first found it, I was scrolling through and I was like, oh, this is, this is, a, this is, this is, this is, this is great. <laughs> no, it really was. Um, it just kept going and going. And I was just like, I'm going to save this for later. Cause it's one, I'll probably go back and revisit it every once in a while just to check. Oh in. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so good. I I wish, I mean, you, of course, are are certainly more of an actor than I'll ever be, but I wish I had, like, the Amanda Kaczynski talent of, like, impersonating one of them. I know, yes, like a full live reenaction of this conversation. I think you would do a great Anne Dow. I'd have to work on it. I would cast you as Anne Dow. Yeah, I mean, I, her, uh, the rhythm and sort of cadence of her voice is the best, too. Like, the sort of abruptness. She's like, she was Mm -hmm. delicious. I'm going to say her name. (laughs) <laughs> but then, uh, like, sudden outburst. She's like, she's like, some, what did she say in that Stephen Colbert thing about her mother? She's like, yes, mothers. Yes, she's like, thank you for clapping for my mother. She deserves it. Yeah, it's hard. Well, she, she's like, it's hard to be yeah. a mother. The transcript of like what she says, like, there's definitely a lot of like self interruptions, and like, I love how much she says, "honey" and "doll." Yeah, and, and sometimes sweetie. too, "honey" and "sweetie" can be like fighting words too with like women. But for some reason, I I I feel like it just feel like it, it works for them like they're not trying to be they're not trying to outdo each other even though sometimes i feel like because it is so it's like almost too perfect the way that they transcribe it that it feels mm. like because when um margo like disagreed with Anne's process i was like watch yourself margo <laughs> i was like getting defensive oh, and yeah even though I'm yeah probably it's like writing an email or writing a text and you can't like really pick up on nuance and like how they're saying it um that I was getting a little bit, I was getting a little protective of Anne at that part too. But um, but I think it was just me in my head. Yeah, I think I think Margot comes across as a much like stronger. Yeah, like, she's a Texan energy a Texan woman. She, yeah, yeah, she just has like that really like robust energy. Whereas I feel like Anne is, it it's like a it's it's like a quiet strength. Like I think about those interviews we've seen where whenever she talks about her son, um, yeah. with special needs, and she talks about like you know. Um, just people with special needs, like there's clearly like this this intense passion. And I remember there was an interview where she talked about like if if somebody was hurting her son, she's like, yeah, I could see where you could just kill that person. <laughs> you know, like she she, I mean, you know, yeah, I know to you paraphrase, <laughs> like she, she like I wouldn't fuck with Ann Dow. No, yeah. she's a mama bear. I yeah. wouldn't. Yeah, and I love that. But I, at the same time, I think um, I think one of the things I really why I, I like I can understand her energies. I think she has this, you know, East Coast Catholic energy, and I am familiar with both of those. Yes, you know, yes, yes, um, yes. So when she talks about going going to Catholic school, and, and she talks about the nuns, and we've both seen interviews where she's talked about that one nun was a Sister Claude. Who yeah, like, she's like, I believe she has died. God rest her soul. She was beautiful. <laughs> but I despised and, her. No. That's what she said. But I despised her. Right. Right. And and how she really taught her the lesson of like, you're no different than anybody yeah. else and you have a job and you're here to do it. And 
I I just I feel like there's a lot about her that just it feels deeply familiar. Whereas like Margot is just like such this like woman from Texas, you know, that I sort of recognize because my parents live there now. But it feels a little more novel and a little less familiar, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that's probably why I wasn't. Um, oh, what's the word? Because it's not that I didn't. I, I enjoyed Margot in this conversation, obviously, but I maybe that's why I was siding more with Anne because I was just connecting with her. Like there would be something where they were talking about. I can't remember specifics or like think of an, an, a specific example, but um, it's like. Anne was sort of conceding a little bit more than Margot was. She was just kind of agreeing with Margot to like for the flow of the conversation. And I don't think it was anything mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> they weren't talking about anything crazy, but it was just like Anne was just like, oh, is that what you think? Oh, OK, yeah, I guess that's true. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I feel like that it's an interesting dynamic because I I also feel like in conversation, I tend to do that as well sure. of like. You know, if I'm talking, especially like somebody I don't know or like I don't feel comfortable kind of like debating with, if they come out with like a strong opinion, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I could see that versus like I would I would never like correct somebody, you know, sure. yes, I never say, um, actually, you know, that's, you know, I, or, you know, it's like this is a thing that happens a lot in conversation that always puts me off and um, and it's like, you know, it happens. But when you're talking to somebody and they're kind of they're kind of trying to figure out what, what they mean by something. And then you suggest what it is. And then they say, it's not even that. Yes. I I hate that. Uh, I like, I don't know. There's something about that. That just makes me feel like, I don't know, like a little shut down. Like when, whenever I've been in the opposite position, when somebody says something and it's like, maybe not exactly what I was thinking, it's not fake, but I, I'll typically say that, but also, you know, kind of like, that's a valid point. This is what I'm also thinking versus like, no, that's wrong. It's not even that. Oh, I can't stand it. And I think that happened that. like maybe once or twice in this article. And that's also like furthering my like protection for Anne Dowd. I think because it's when you're trying to complete someone else's thought and like you can, yes. either, like you just said, you can either shut it down or like, because like we're just trying to help we're just suggesting you know where where you think the conversation is going and just like adding to it and maybe helping them but it's when that isn't like seen as like you're not helping me and you're kind of annoying me by what you just said even though that's that's it's like a little bit of projecting i guess but like it it is like a a rejection of of sorts at least to like what you're saying yeah yeah exactly it feels like a rejection um and i yeah i feel like you know, who who is the it's not even that of this conversation? It'd be Margo. It definitely um, is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we'll allow it. Um, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. Whatever. She's earned it. Uh now that being said, I do have a number of of actual quotes that I've I've pulled from the from the conversation that I thought would be fun. Yeah. You may have some as well that I we do, can I kind do. of queen out on. Um you know, because one of the big topics of this is is how Margot Martindale and Anne Dowd are often compared to each other. People confuse them with one another. I will say I didn't realize they were so close in age. And I think it's because Margot has played these kind of older roles for a while yeah. that I've assumed she was much older than Anne Dowd. I didn't realize they were like four years apart. Yeah. So, um, and so there is a lot of that. And so they, they do talk about being people confusing them on the street and coming up to them and saying, oh, I loved you in, in The Leftovers. And, uh, and so one of my favorite quotes early on is, is Anne Dow talking about that and talking to, talking to some woman who is, you know, misidentifying her and Anne saying, 
uh, and kind of describing the situation and saying, she goes, you're not, I said, Margo, no, honey. And I just <laughs> no, could honey. see and no. hear and out saying, Margo, oh, no, honey. no, honey. I just love that. I just, I, it's great. The number of times that Anne says honey or doll or sweetie in this, yes. and I've written down many, is, oh, it's, <clears throat> it's so good. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another quote that kind of goes back to this Catholic thing we were talking about was, uh, I think they were talking about when you come from a certain background, it, it makes it easier to kind of be that person, be that character. And so... And says at one point, you know, I hate to even say this, but the Catholic upbringing possibly does give a little, and then Margot interrupts, I think it helps. I know that it's Catholic. I know that if it's Catholic and I've been up for it, it's not going to go my way. And then Anne asks, Anne says, that's so funny. Were you raised Catholic, honey? Margot, no, of course not. And I just, I love, were you raised Catholic, honey? No, of course not. not. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's like the abruptness of a period at the end of that sentence. I was like, Margot, you need to calm down. Um, But it it probably wasn't. She's like, oh, no, of course not. Um, Yeah, I feel like a lot of what she said is with a smile on her face. Yeah, Yeah. I really, I wanted like a parenthesis like that said like smiling before, like a script Mm -hmm. almost, just or like chuckles. Yeah, I needed more chuckles from Margot. Okay, just so I knew. That's why this would have been so great as like an audio conversation or video because we would have seen all those nuances. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Um, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I just, I have, but if you have a quote, otherwise I, I can, I mean, I could just go on all day with these quotes. I know. I, I, I want to just like interject about the, um, the one thing like, I could, I feel like I'm piling on Margot, but I'm really not. But uh, <laughs> as far as like when Anne said, Anne said she loved to do all the George Bernard Shaw plays and Margot yeah. was like, have fun. That's how I read it. But I'm sure she mm-hmm. said it like that. And Anne was like, oh, really? And she's like, I don't want to ever see Shaw again. It's too long, too wordy. And I was like, Margo, just go with it, okay? Right. I didn't know, I know what she Anne was like against Bernard. Yeah, Shaw. Anne was like, yeah, I guess, I guess I could see that. You know, like it was. She kind of conceded to that a little bit. Too wordy. Um, too wordy. Um, yeah. um, but there was another one. It's, it's interesting to talk about um, character actors are just actors because, like, every actor is playing a character. It's so interesting. I never thought about it that way as far as. You know, because there are like there's leading men and leading women and then there are like the best friends and the sidekicks and like the others, I guess, too. And like um, Anne Dowd and Margot Martindale certainly fall, like at least in my mind, in that character actress sort of. And we've said it on the podcast before. I mean, we love a character actress, but it is kind of uh, after reading this, too, it's like it kind of has shaped or reshaped how I think about like it's not necessarily an insult, but like it, it it's like it's a good uh, sort of analysis of that term and kind of like yeah, everyone's an actor, so shut up about it. Right, like I it's it's a it's a term that was they were saying was created you know by the studio system for certain actresses or actors who did one thing, you know I like see. Thelma Ritter, Ritter yeah. is a great example. Like she, you know, every movie Thelma Ritter's been in, she's basically doing the Thelma Ritter thing. Sure. And so that becomes kind of like, oh, yeah, if you need that lady, you know, in your movie, get Thelma Ritter. And I I love that. I mean, I I think it's a it's a fun context because there is like, you know, there's something interesting about it. But I also see the point in, you know, it, it becomes that becomes a more limiting term the more that the scope and opportunities for actors grows you know the more that you know there are shows and movies that Anne Dowd or Margot Martindale can be in and have leading roles and not just play you know the the button on the joke in a scene yes 
so like it makes less yeah, sense now. I'm glad they brought that up in a way too because it is like kind of protecting or just like defending themselves because it's like at least for men like in in theater at least and I'm sure it works the same for TV and film like either you have hair or you don't have hair <laughs> and like if, if you don't have right, hair you're right. a character mm-hmm. actor so like I don't think like I don't think I'm leading man material as well but like I'm also not like uh, you know, George Costanza. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not right. I'm kind of somewhere in between, which is fine because I actually quite like that there is a little bit of mystery to that. But, um, but yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, I'm, I can do either. And sometimes character actor is like pretty much lumped with like comedy as well, too, like big, broad right. strokes. Um, but I do love that they're, you know, sort of, I mean, the mold has been broken as well, too, like already with these two women among other actors and men, too, that they, you can do both. And, but you do have to work hard sometimes, especially if like you're stuck in a sitcom or TV show to kind of erase, uh, you know, what people see you as. That's a different conversation to have, mm-hmm. though, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that was kind of uh, it's sort of interesting because that was sort of what Ann Dowd's career kind of was in a way where like the first half of her career, she was always playing these small roles as the friend or, or the doctor or um you know the mom mm-hmm. and and you know she it was kind of just and and i think a lot of them were like except for some of her her law and order you know uh, guest starring roles a lot of them were these very sweet roles these very nice like oh the nice mom oh the understanding doctor oh the best friend um and then it was compliance where all of a sudden it was like people saw Anne dowd well it's interesting kind of a reversal of like she didn't have a type until then and then, like, that gave way to a type. She did compliance. Then people knew her for The Leftovers and for Handmaid's Tale, where all of a sudden it was like, after all this time, then there was this one, you know, formulated idea of who Anne Dowd was or the characters that she plays or if she's in a movie, you know, what that character is going to be. And I think it's interesting how that that kind of flipped versus it being like, oh, Anne Dowd plays this in every movie and then 20 years into her career – she started like changing that persona. Yeah, you know, we need to see compliance, Colin. If you have not, I know. I, I don't know why I, we've been dragging our feet. <laughs> I know. I've seen parts of it. I think I started watching it, and it is like a, it's a hard watch, and that it's like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. Yes. But I mean, now that I have a deeper appreciation of Anne, yeah, we need because uh, that is, you know, that's a big, uh, at least like bookmark as far as like in her career and trajectory mm-hmm. of like when it really kind of mm-hmm. took off too and Margot talks about it too she's like i saw you in that movie and i just love when actresses compliment other actresses it's just so mm-hmm. great like those hollywood round tables and everything like that it's uh it's bliss it's delicious as Anne would say it's delicious <laughs> <laughs> um more quotes more you know quotes, and I, Colin, yeah. yeah more quotes so i uh I mean, kind of talking about doing plays and Dowd says, you know, and I love this too. I love this kind of behind the scenes because they talk about how their jobs are to make this look easy and that in fact it's not, you know, and, you know, and Dowd talks about, you know, before I die, I would like to do a play in which I don't pray for my life before I do it. I want to let that go. And I keep thinking, honey, aging is underrated for a lot of reasons, mostly perspective. Yeah. And I, I love that. I mean, when we when you watch Anne Dowd in a movie, you think, I mean, this is someone who's totally in their wheelhouse, who's just like commanding this moment. And I there's not that I'm happy to hear that people are like, you know, suffering through stage fright behind the scenes. But I think when when you do see actresses like Anne or Margot making it look so easy, I think 
you appreciate the work more when you find out how far they had to go to get there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's like there's never – I think I was just listening to uh, The Bald and the Beautiful, the new Trixie and Katya podcast. Oh, yeah. I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really great. Um, it's And they were talking about how – they did. I think Katya was talking about how she did like a live production of you know how they do like Death Becomes Her or you know stuff yep. like that or Hocus Pocus, and it's like that that moment before every every time like it's like two minutes before the show you just like have a heart attack, and you're like I'm gonna forget mm-hmm. every single line. What the hell am I doing here? Why did I put myself in this situation? And then you have to go out and you just you just want to flee. It's like I don't. Th- I, it gets easier with time, but like I I totally get that. It's like you know. It's just like uh, this disassociation of like, I just need to get out there and then everything will fall into place. But right now I'm not like in the world yet. That sounds like a little inside mm-hmm. baseball. Like I'm not in the world, you know, like getting in character. Yeah, but but, I, uh, right. I get what you mean. I, I mean, you know, in 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 high school and college, you know, I did some theater. Yeah. But no, yeah. I mean, no, but I understand. But I think even podcasting is like this where you switch into a different headspace and like it just... Like, none of what we've talked about for the past, you know, 40-something minutes did I prepare. I have quotes written down. I had some thoughts. But all of it's just coming out, you know, in the space of, of, you know, producing a podcast. Yeah. Some of it may not be very interesting or very eloquent, but it's not – it's fresh either way. And I think that even happens with rehearsed stuff and doing a play is, like – you sink into that rhythm of like, okay, now I'm that character and, and I'm not thinking about what the next line is. I know what the next line is because I know the scene because I'm in it. Um, it, it absolutely is like jumping into a new energy. Like, yeah. I think that makes sense. I, even like in the corporate world, like to kind of just like make a comparison, like if you're giving a presentation and you have PowerPoint slides and you know you can rely on them, but there's still that like, holy shit, I can't believe I have to talk to these people. And like, just like Mm -hmm. present all this stuff and like, I'm the one in charge and everyone's looking at me. And then once you start the meeting, you're okay, I guess. And for some people, maybe you're not Mm -hmm. okay because it is tough. Public speaking is tough. But I I think it's just, as Anne would say, she's like, you trust the craft. You trust that you know it. And you do the work. (laughs) She's such an inspiration. (laughs) I think to piggyback on that, there's another quote that's similar to that where she talks about, you know, when like kind of getting into acting and moving away from being a doctor and or studying to be a doctor and um, accepting that it is a process yes. and that you don't just have to like, it's not about, well, you got to get this right on the first try. And, and Anne says, and finally it's taken years, but I'm like, doll, it's not a drill. It's a process. You will get some of it today and whatever you bring to it today will be enough. I love that. So to be able specifically, right. But then Margo's like, that's not me at all. And I was like, Margo, that's not me at all. (laughs) Yeah. But go Um, ahead, go ahead. Continue your thought. Well, there's just the end. No, the, the end of that was just her saying, so to be able to let go of that absolutely military, if I just really... A character is a relationship, and that's not how you make friends. You better come to me. Mm-hmm. And then there is a stage direction of bangs on desk. Yes. Um, but yes, then Margot says, oh, that's interesting. That's not like me at all. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a way to shut down Anne. Just like, <laughs> I know. it. Well, I think that's what it is, right, is like – and, you know, when you're when you're having a conversation like about similar interests or, or shared experiences, you know, be authentic, be honest. But I feel like when somebody says, oh, that's not me at all, the flow of the conversation goes from like, you know, this this easy kind of back and forth to all of a sudden there's just like a hard left in the road, you know, yeah. and I think that's where, 
you know, I, I feel like, I know, I feel like we're just critiquing Marco, but whatever. Um, it, I, I think we both just really enjoy Anne Dowd's energy so much yeah. <laughs> that it's like, oh, I want her to be validated more. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, but at the same time, I think, I think there's also that feeling of like, yeah, but deep down, like Anne is like tough as steel. She's yeah. not shaking at yeah, all, you know? Fine. She's just fine. Yeah. You know, she uh, she had talked about kind of in line with that, just the challenges of, you know, auditioning and trying and like, you know, her, her career didn't take off until she was in her 50s. Like, it's really insane. And in the late 80s, she talks about she got to the point where, um, you know, she was kind of aging out of like the young ingenue roles and she was to the point of like waiting tables and she was, I guess, like one day she was walking home or whatever. And, um, she said, you know, I looked over and there was a premiere of a film happening with limos and everything. And it was about last night. And it was Elizabeth Perkins, who was my classmate getting out of the limo. I'm on my way to wait on tables. And I literally went home and I sobbed on my porch, you know, like thinking about that, right? Like thinking about here is someone who's been trying for the better part of a decade to get her career going and she's at the point now of like, I'm just waiting tables, which, you know, it's part of the no gig. Shame. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the gig. And to like see one of her contemporaries at the like stepping out of the limo point in her career, it's, I mean, that is a like kind of looking at that human side of these two women. It's like imagining our own personal versions of that, of like trying at something for so many years and barely scraping together a career and seeing somebody you were in school with, like being so far ahead. And then to keep going, that was like 1989. So Anne's career didn't take off again, you know, until really another like 16 years or something, you know, like it's, and granted she was in stuff the whole time, but it wasn't really until compliance that she became such a name. And I think that's, I can't imagine like sticking with something for as long as they really both did until their careers took off. Yeah. And they talk about how like there was never really another option for them. They didn't consider anything else. They're like, nope, this is it. It's, it's going to work out eventually. Um, and that, that sort of like grits or, you know, tenacity, whatever you want to call it is, it's incredibly difficult to like harness and let that, like to use that as fuel. Because I mean, like she said, just like her crying on the porch, like eventually you do run out of that fuel and you have to find your way back. And some people can't, and some people, I don't think anyone can bounce back. Like I'm sure. And, you know, maybe she stopped and got some Ben and Jerry's on the way home too. But, um, you know, it, it mm. is even back then too, it's like in the age of social media and watching everyone else sort of, it, you know, quote unquote, um, you know, doing better than you are, for for lack of a better word, and like mm-hmm. succeeding. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, look at them, they're doing this, or like, <clears throat> and I'm guilty of this too, that sort of status on Facebook or Instagram that's like so blessed to announce that, <laughs> and then like it's something really right. amazing. I've done it, uh, I've seen other friends do it, and like I'm, it's it's just being, I think you're allowed to be not happy for someone for a second, but like you eventually have to come to a point where you have to support everyone and just know that there i think ann said in the article too it's like something else is coming there are other roles that are coming there are other opportunities that are coming there's hundreds of them but it's just uh it's hard to wait in line for that yeah yeah she talks about like at one point really hitting that that rock bottom and hearing this voice saying like it's not right now it's going to happen in your 50s you just have to stay on the track and and her feeling at the time like my 50s are you kidding me and you know it's it's an interesting thing 
you know, I, I felt this way listening to like RuPaul and Michelle on, you know, I guess they're now a defunct podcast. What's the T talking about this, mm-hmm. but you look at the two of them, right? Like they're both, you know, 50 plus 60 yeah. plus and, and have ne- their careers are, have never been bigger. Yes. They've never been more successful. And like, there's so much emphasis put on like, you know, having a career at a young age and, and peaking in your twenties and, and how many people did that. And then their lives just fell apart, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think the same way about, you know, people who get married really young and have kids really young, like to me, just my own experience in my twenties, it's like, I wouldn't be ready for any of that until later in my life. Like I understand people who say that like your life really starts in your forties, your fifties, because there's so much bullshit that you've worked out, yeah. you know? Yes, yes. And and I I love that. I love that, like, <clears throat> you know, not that I'm feeling like time's running out and I'm 35, but I love that feeling of like, oh, yeah, 35 is nothing. Like, yeah. they're across the board, 35 is nothing when it comes to relationships, life changes, career, creative stuff. It's like this is – you didn't have to have this figured out at 25, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's like there should – we should just, like, it's like change the narrative a bit that, like – because really you're just planting seeds you know if you're an actor if you're if you have like this big dream of something too it's like uh you know everyone wants instant gratification too but even now like you like you were saying like life begins at 42 i feel that a bit i don't feel like all the pieces but i feel some of those pieces like just you know living in new york and being an actor and then starting the podcast and like how much sort of confidence and uh you know that has changed a lot of how i move throughout the world and now um, I have like a new job now and like uh, just all the different chapters of my life that have kind of led up to this. And I'm like, I'm, I'm doing okay right now. <laughs> and like, it's, yeah. and it, it, you know, it kind of goes back and forth. It's, it's up and down and everything like that too. But I think it, it is, there is a trust that you have to like acknowledge and have along beside you that like you're, you're making the right decisions as long as you just keep moving forward. It's, this is like, you know, I feel like it's just like a motivational poster that I'm just right. It's all stuff that's been said before. But um, I think really the thing that's left out of that equation a lot is just age and wisdom and kind mm-hmm. of just like you're I wouldn't want to be like you. I've heard you and Johnny talk about this, too, like as far as like famous, you know, like Instagram famous or like blue check mark and all that stuff, too. Like it's great. And it's it, but also it's like I, I don't know if I would ever be able to fully handle that because I would I would. There's too much, it's like social media is such a mess and, um, and like dealing with people and like having to like watch what you say all the time. And I feel a little bit of that on, in podcasting too. It's like from what we used to say when we, Amanda and I would recap Drag Race to like how we sort of evolved to like not really fully saying what we really think because people will yeah. be pissed. Um, oh my God. So, yeah. but then you eventually like. I think I saw Michelle Visage's uh, Instagram one day or something. She's like, I just, you know, I'm sure there are, there are maybe um, exceptions to this rule too. She's like, I just don't care what people say anymore. And I can't wait to get to that point. Uh, I agree. And I, I feel like I I'm that... kind of there, kind of, emphasis mm-hmm. on kind of. Uh, but go ahead. More so than I was in my 20s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's, uh, yeah, like it's, it's a process, but like... That's so true. I mean, even on a, on the smaller scale of just, you know, podcasting and, and I, I felt that for years with All Right Mary where it was just like to the point of just like, oh, God, I just like I am so fucking tired of walking on eggshells sure. because no matter what you say, someone is going to publicly, you know, be upset by it. And it just it is. It's very limiting. And um, 
I mean, that's a whole other topic that, yeah, Johnny and I have certainly talked about, you know, and very explicitly off the mic mm-hmm. of just the the tone policing and the word pol- and the, you know, phrase policing and like, all of that that just there may be rooted in good intentions, but has become um, it just has become fanatical, you yeah. know, in some cases. And, and it's some sometimes it's just like, you know it feels like there are people like listening for the gaffes so that they can call it out. Yeah. You know? The people with like zero followers and no profile picture. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, why am I giving right, you this you. much energy? Yeah. And this is like, we're yeah. going down a rabbit hole of like a, an entirely, I mean, I would love to have that conversation, but, um, I, to just, to get back to Anne, um, and well, I think, you know, I, I have a, I have a quote from Anne that I think is very relevant to mm-hmm. this, to this topic about, because it's like you, you can only really affect your response to things. And, and Anne at one point says, and I used to come home one after another of auditions, not get them. And I'd wail. And once in the middle of a wail, I swear to God, I just went. And then we get the stage direction of finishing up cry. And I just love imagining whatever that looked Uh. like. Um, And I said, honey, you're choosing this response. This is a, this is a choice and it's an exhausting choice. So we can, so can we try something else? Such as that, and she's referring to something Margo had said earlier, you know, look, you're the best in the room, but Mm -hmm. I never actually went there. But what I would do is, oh, but honey, there are other roles coming, which you just mentioned before. But realizing, hey, I'm going to choose how I'm going to respond to this. I'm not going to weep and wail like a child. You're in it for the long haul. So take a deep breath, put your head down, and get busy, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, You know, to, to summon Sister Claude, you know, you have a job, and you just have to keep doing it. And... I think that's really, I mean, I think that's part of why this interview is so great. You know, obviously we love that these are two women in often supporting actress roles and nominated as best supporting actress. And, you know, we love, you know, we've queened out about Anne Dowd before and Hereditary. But I think, you know, as we've talked about this, what I, what I'm gleaning even more is like, I love getting advice like this and perspective like this from two women in their sixties. Like, we we talked about at the beginning of this episode like trusting Joe and Kamala and like you know trust you know <laughs> Martindale Dowd 2024 yeah, you know <laughs> Dowd Martindale you yes oh <laughs> I love that like these are voices I can trust yeah it really is there was something um oh dang I was I, that you said something and it just like sparked fifty other things in my mind and now they're all gone my wires are crossed. But the one thing I, well, I did want to mention, um, just my opening line for the podcast, too, is she does. I love when Anne brings up Justin Thoreau because I just feel like it makes me like him even more than I already did. I mean, those gray sweatpants. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard of oh, the gray sweatpants and the leftovers. I've seen yeah. the gif. Yes. Um, but he just seems like a really wonderful man. And I know that like him and mm. Jen didn't work out and maybe some people hate him because of that. But I follow him on Instagram and he has, I don't know if he, I feel like he has like, you know, celebrities have their causes. Um, and I feel like one of his causes is like, um, like uh, adoption of like shelter animals, which is just like so oh. beautiful. And he has like this beautiful, like pit bull dog that he has. And a lot of pictures with that dog. Um, I, and he just seems like a very gentle, warm person. And I, I trust Anne. I trust and the one time she mentions mm-hmm. mentions him is uh, she's talking about the leftovers, and she's like um, she's like and my Justin and then in parentheses it says Thoreau, so we know right um, so we know uh, yeah she's like I'll never let go of him as long as I live. <laughs> 
and I just give it all to Justin. Yeah, I gave it all to Justin. <laughs> that was from a. That's a. That's a. Uh, was that the podcast episode? Some podcast episode w- we were listening to with. Yes. Yes. Uh, with um, I can't remember which one. One of those. But yes, talking. About, Talking about in those in those difficult scenes with Justin Thoreau and the leftovers, saying, "I just gave it all to Justin. Uh, I just, <laughs> I, the one, you know, I, I will say because I had to make sure I had to check. Both of them have lovely IMDb pictures. Margot looks like she, big old smile on yes. her face, hair done up. Anne looks beautiful as well. Down, There's, yeah. yeah, some like blonde streaks in her hair. Those great earrings. Um, I do want to mention that Anne Dowd's birthday is the day before mine. <gasps> and that feels good. She's an Aquarius. That feels good. She's an Aquarius. Uh, that seals the deal. Now, Margot is, just for comparison, I think that she is a Leo. She was born July 18th. Interesting. I think that's Leo. Um, and she has serious Leo energy, and Anne has solid Aquarian energy. Yeah. So I'm, you know. Uh, all three of uh, us are ar- Armchair astrologist. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So that feels good, too, yeah. right? Um uh, so yeah, I uh, I think I mean I had other little like quotes of just moments I loved, but I feel like those are, you know, those are some of the highlights. It's yeah. it's worth a read. There's still there's so much there um, that it it was such a nice such a nice way to to enjoy finally a, a you know an optimistic week post election. Yeah, this is I discovered this like on Sunday, so the day after we knew about Joe and I just said if this is the first, you know, sign of the new, you know, the new world and this came to me, this right. fell into my lap, then it's going to be a good four years and uh yeah. this was just it's a this, good omen. Yeah, good omen for sure. So 3 years old, but you know, brand new to us this article is. Mm-hmm. Um Oh yeah. It's lovely. And just Yeah, I I will go back to this often. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Um, and you know, and yes, if I if I was capable of it, would want to do a full performance. Oh God, I know. I <laughs> that would be the dream. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we had a few other little things we were going to clean out yeah. about this, which is kind of a little hodgepodge of episodes of things to talk about. Um, you so, if you're good to, well, the one I've been wanting to bring this up forever, and you're probably already well familiar with it, but I and I was going to like text it to you. There's actually, oh, I remember. There's two things. Um, one is you have seen or are familiar with, obviously, Billy on the Street, Billy Eichner. Yes. You know the Julianne Moore actor attack, acting attack. I do segment, know that. Right? Yes. Oh my God! I could do a whole in the details on that. It is. It, it is honestly, I mean, Billy on the Street, I always felt like until I really appreciated how much of a character it was, it was almost too much for me. But now that I kind of have a deeper appreciation of Billy Eichner and having seen difficult people and kind of getting Julie Klausner's like, you know, love for him. Um, th- this segment, which for anyone not familiar, Billy on the Street, obviously, is Billy just kind of being this on the street sort of <laughs> guerrilla reporter. But uh, this segment is him teaming up with Julianne Moore uh, to meet with, tor- you know, to, to have these moments with tourists in Times Square where it's like, instead of giving a tip to Elmo or Spider-Man, give a tip to Julianne Moore and she'll do a scene from Magnolia or a scene when the kids are all right. And it's so, she cries on cue at one point. Yes. I mean, it's, it is so funny and I, I love that because Julianne Moore has done How Was Your Week and she was in Difficult People. I love that Julianne Moore is like down to play. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for anyone who like, I know there are some naysayers out there too that think she's like pretty beige or vanilla. But like, Ugh. if you think that, I would challenge you or, you know, to go watch this video. 
right? Just this video, just seeing what what she when when she switches into like from saying, "Okay, this is from the kids are right," and then she just switches into it and kills it. All of them, she just kills it. She does the whole magnolia. I mean, the magnolia speech is my favorite one because she's standing there in front of this middle-aged woman from, you know, God knows where, not New York, just very much this sweet tourist lady. And Julianne Moore just goes into it of like, fuck you. I come in here. You call me lady. Like she just, and there's like tourists like stopping and slowing down and just watching the background. It's like, will never not make me laugh. And so I just needed to give a moment of appreciation for Julianne Moore actor, actor attack, Uh, acting attack. I think it's called. Um, Yeah. It's great. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, and I feel like you may also be familiar with, but I've been discovering there are the multiple compilation videos on YouTube, and they're different accounts. You'd think they were the same account, mm-hmm. but they're all these different accounts, and they're all, all of the titles are all in lowercase letters, and they're all something like musical theater moments that cured my coronavirus musical theater moments that brought me out of depression musical theater moments that do you you don't know about these i don't actually oh i have been i was like wanting to send them to you but i was like no let's talk about them on the podcast i will send you (laughs) some but like there's so many of them and what i love the most is a lot of them are clearly edited together by like a a 19 year old lesbian who is like who adds in little sort of like commentary like you're like, oh my God, this moment, I'm so gay for her. You know, definitely the best Glinda. You know, like <laughs> it's it's such a celebration of nuance in musical theater. And I I think that you will you will find a home in these videos. Yes. Oh, I'm excited. I there is a an Instagram account kind of similar to that. It's called Let's Hear It for the Choice, as opposed to Let's Hear It for the Boys. Um What? It's so good. And it's basically these incredible musical theater scenes uh, like past and present of just like mm-hmm. these mostly women and sometimes younger women but we'll, we'll we'll take it um are just like these choices that they're making but most of the time they're like vocal choices but they're also like acting choices too yeah let's hear it for the choice you should check it out i can't believe i didn't know about this acting choices are like my favorite know, thing in yeah. the world. It's a great name too, but it's oh. it's really great. And he he posts a lot of like I agree with almost everything. And there's some stuff that I haven't seen. It's really great. Go check it out. I I yeah I play me off. I need to go. That's amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Um, did, you know I only had one other thing, yeah, but I wanted to, you know I've been going on and on. Do you have other like little tidbits you wanted to talk about? I mean, about? they're kind of like in a way too. It's kind of like we're listing our nominees for BSA the week too. So yeah, uh, but so yeah. I would say I mentioned it before: the bald and the beautiful. Um, I I thought maybe perhaps that I was um, you know that I had I had consumed enough Trixie and Katya media to like you know satisfy mm-hmm. myself for a while, but. Oh, it's so good. It is just so yeah. good. I I laugh very hard. Like the kimchi episode is great. They're getting some really good guests. Um there was another one with um Fina Barbatal, who I don't really know too well, but that was a really mm. great one. Like every episode is just great. They interviewed um oh what Wesley Woods, who's a porn star on their last episode, oh. and that was interesting. I'm kind of hearing a little bit behind behind the scenes with those as well. But um, I, I, I highly recommend it. If you love Trixie, I just, they're just so funny. And like, I love, I love it. I, I it's really been like a bright light in my week. Um, and I would highly suggest that. 
All right. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was coming out, but I, I guess I didn't realize it was out and had a few episodes already. And I am in need of podcasts. Yes. So that sounds yeah. Great. And there's, I think there's like, I don't know, five or six at this point. And I'm still listening to um, Very That with Raja and Delta. I'm, I'm all in. I know you. you Are yeah, you? I yeah. really am. I think they're really great. Um, and they're like kind of like older too, which I like. It's not yeah. like, I don't know. It's different than Race Chaser, but I like Race Chaser for different reasons as well too. Like I think Delta and Raja are like the 30 and up crowd, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, so that's a high recommend for me. Yeah. All right. I'll give that another chance. I, I only gave it like a brief chance, their first episode and everybody's first episode except for ours you know it takes a bit to find it funny we're the exception over here we're clearly the exception yeah um that's good well you know uh and yeah i guess we are kind of doing unofficially bsa's of the week you know uh, yeah real easy breezy episode so i guess you know julianne more acting attack is sort of a bsa of my life if i'm gonna you know say a bsa of the week i would say i I, I guess I'll call it the BSA of the week because I've mostly just been like watching the Golden Girls and the Simpsons. I've been doing a lot of comfort watching, yes. um, which, you know, is fine. But I did finally start to get into Double Threat with Julie Klausner and Tom Okay, Sharpling. tell me about it. And like, I was like, I got it. Like, it's like, you know, it's, she's right there. I just, I want more Julie. Here's more yes. Julie. And it's, you know, it, it, I, I like it. I'm I'm on board. It's it's a slightly different Julie. Like Julie is definitely like when she's on her own podcast, it's a little more like chilled out. Like there's a different energy sure. and it's a lot yeah. like when I, I think the big difference is with how is your week, you feel like it's your friend talking to you and with double threat, you're listening to Julie and her friends talk. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's gonna be different no matter um, what. Yeah, I get that. She's a little more switched on, she's a little more like, you know, it's an interesting relationship. Like it's, I feel like having listened to so much of how is your week, like you sort of have a sense of who Julie is. And, you know, I, I, I think the the relationship she has with Tom Sharpling is interesting. I feel like I like him, you know, yeah. we both have an aversion to like straight men on podcasts. Yeah. I like him a lot. Uh, I like that they're both adults, you know, it's similar to very that. Um, yes. But yeah, there's like, there's some moments where it seems like Julie's like really kind of, you know, dancing for nickels, like really trying to make them laugh. Yes, yes, yes. And it's yeah. it, it's it's cute. I um but I think it's like whereas on How Is Your Week, she can just make a dumb joke and not worry about if people are gonna laugh at it, you know? Yeah, for sure. So I recommend it. I really had a good I'm I'm having a good time with it. It's a good energy. The podcast, it's like you know, they barely have a subject every episode. It's so it's so wackadoo. But uh, highly recommended. And like, once I got into the groove of it, I was like, oh yeah, I, I can come back every week for this. Awesome. Yay. I mean, I love Julie. I wish, I bet I, I know what you're saying. It's like, there is definitely, um, I guess we all sort of have like a podcast persona in some ways too, but mm-hmm. um, my favorite is going to always be How Was Your Week? Just like uh, the brashness of her and just like, you know, yeah. it's... It's it's a sense of humor that I can't define, but it is exactly it's you know it's the the gay whistle tones. Every time I tune in, I am just there with her. I am understanding everything, mm-hmm. and it's so stupid sometimes what she says. And I but I I know exactly what she's getting at, and I I just understand it. And I I know you feel the same too. So uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, she Margot Martindale and Dow Julie Klausner. 
these are the women that I these are women that I trust and listen to in this yeah. world. And Kamala Harris and Dr. Jill Biden, yes. like it's really, you know, uh, there's a lot of good women in the yes. world right now. Yeah, there are. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have um, two more nominees here before I get to my BSA of the week. But uh, do you want to tell everyone great. what our what what is our BSA of the week, Colin? Or like, you know. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think it's it would be it'd be unfair to say to not say that our BSA of the week is the Keystone State herself, Pennsylvania. Yes, yes, yes. She, she pull, I mean, you know. Listen, Georgia is the assistant to the BSA. She is doing just as much work, getting a little bit less focused because the counts aren't counted yes. yet. But Miss Georgia, Miss Abrams and company. Oh, God bless. Stacey I, I see you as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that a lot. Um, I, My two runners up, because Pennsylvania definitely is, I mean, it'll always be my BSA at heart too. So I'm really excited that that, like I mentioned earlier, that we played such a big part in addition to everyone else in the country that voted. Mm-hmm. Um. But my other two, I, I we started watching. I found out last week that Keon has not watched all of Thirty Rock, and I was like, "What?" Um, apparently, what? he only you know he only watched maybe the first two seasons, maybe the first three. So we we are kind of jumping back on board. I don't know if he's as excited about it as I am because I can watch it any time of the day. But in addition to Jenna Maroney, of course, played by the incomparable um, Jane Krakowski, I'm really like you know when you go back and watch something again and you kind of look at it you're kind of watching one person more than the other like mm-hmm. jack mcbrayer is so good as kenneth like i as far as just like the commitment he has to that role and i know he was nominated for an emmy i know at least once maybe mm. twice um and i even know that like uh tracy morgan was nominated as well too but like i i would have loved to have seen him get an emmy for that I, it's just kind of like the work that he's doing the choices that he's making like the little like the stare up to the ceiling when he like smiles and just kind of like looks out into space like it's incredible and i i'm really just like appreciating him more this time around too um i love him <laughs> i was just i was laughing extra hard at kenneth yeah, I I've had that experience. You know, obviously I've watched the hours or the hours. I have watched the hours many times. Um, makes me think of the hours. No, it makes me think of the Office, where you know over time I uh, I developed more and more of an appreciation for Dwight. Yes, you know, where like at the beginning it was like it was you know it's hard to kind of like that character, but then the more I've watched it, the more I'm like this is a genius. Oh performance. yeah, he should have like, won. This character. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so good. And so I know what you mean. I feel like Kenneth is like that too, where the more you watch, then you're realizing like, oh, like he's killing it every episode. Yeah, and I I mean, a huge majority of that is like the writing and what they give him to say as well too. But it's that, I don't know, that performance is so like singular to me. It's so like original and unlike anything. It's almost like I think of like Kramer and Seinfeld, you know what I mean? And like how like Mm -hmm. no one had like... uh, played a character like that or kind of and let's it's it's just i i'm really into jack mcbrayer as far as just this and this rewatch even though we've kind of put it on hold um but my my last runner up um i want to mention is the all right mary matreon episode of scream oh it was so great thank you yeah and that came out like two weeks ago or a week ago at this point too um I think it was like a right on Halloween or right before Halloween. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. And I was just like cackling the whole time. And um, the, I mean, that one, th- I texted you and Johnny about it too. But when you were talking about <laughs> the posh, you, you mentioned like, 
um, you know, like the Natalie Portman sort of era of uh-huh. actresses alongside um, What's-Her-Face, who was also in Black Swan that I'm blanking. Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. Yeah. Like, they could have easily been cast. And then you also mentioned, like, the Saoirse Ronan generation. But <laughs> you said, you know, but wh- where do we cast Beanie Feldstein, you know? <laughs> And I mean, it, oh, it's a it's a primary concern. It was, and I laughed so hard at that because it's uh, it's just the way you said, like you know, you're like, but I'm having trouble figuring out where to put Beanie Feldstein. I can't remember the exact wording, but I had to I had to pause and text you guys immediately. It was just it was great, and I think Keon listened to it as well. Uh, we were like doing dishes or something and listening to it and just really enjoying it. It was great. Oh, good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That was it. Was a lot of fun. I mean, we, you know. Uh, we're both kind of and we haven't talked about this we talked about this more explicitly on like an only marys mm-hmm. so any like free mary free listening marys who are listening to best supporting podcast you're getting some real inside baseball here but um or inside scoop yeah. i don't know if it's necessarily baseball um <laughs> but uh we are especially after this year we are kind of burnt out on drag sure. race and like i at least for the time being we're kind of keen to move on from drag race yeah um and so there's rumors that season 13 might be starting like in december uh and we just uh, i'm just we're not excited we're just not excited by it and so we're definitely gonna like keep doing podcasts you know keep doing all right mary but i think we're gonna start to shift away from drag race exclusively or like every time there's a season we have to recap it or recap every week yeah, or three episodes and shift at a time into or something yeah yeah i mean and so yeah like really kind of do it that way and i think start to expand the stuff we talk about and we got a lot of like really positive feedback on the scream oh, episode and i was like i i feel like that's a good sign that like people are down like a lot of people a lot of our regular listeners have not been listening through the drag race Holland recaps. Cause like, they're not watching it. Yeah. And so it's all right. It's like, okay, it, this is not, we're not excited by this. They're not excited by this. We release something non, you know, drag race. People get excited. It's like, okay, well we're feeling the same way. So, um, all that to say is like, we're very likely not going to be doing season 13 as we've done all the other seasons. So, yeah, I mean, I, um, I get it. I listened to that episode too. And I was just, I was just like nodding my head. I was like, yes, Yes, I, I've, I've been there, like, as far as with Squirrel Friends and mm-hmm. just trying to, uh, you know, restructure the podcast, but still make sure that your your listeners are happy and that you're happy and whatever you're... But you'll figure it out. I I, I mean, I'm sure you and you're, you and Johnny are obviously capable of figuring, you know, what, what comes next. Um, but like you said, too, it's like Drag Race, and I think even for me, I didn't watch season 12, I didn't watch Holland, I didn't watch UK, I didn't watch Canada... I, I just kind of took a break um, because yeah. one thing you said too, it's like, and I feel the same. It's like, it's not necessarily for me anymore. The drag race that I, I don't, almost said grew up with, but like, you know, um, you know, right. initially sparked, uh, you know, that I loved it so much that I wanted to do a podcast about it too. That's kind of, um, it's still there and like drag race, is, but it's, it's become this machine. And I remember seeing a tweet i think it was from ricky zed tagging you guys like hey guys here's the schedule it's like season 13 mm-hmm. all-star six da 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 and i was just mm-hmm. like whoa that's a lot yeah. to commit to that's a lot i mean this year it was like before season 12 was even over all-stars five started before all-stars five was over canada started like right after canada ended holland started like there was no break and i think we just got to the point of like we're not this isn't like when a new season would start a couple years ago and we'd be champing at the bit this is like 
becoming a slog. Yeah. And, you know, it just, you know, I, I, I'm sure there'll be lots of excitement. And we'll have episodes where we do check in on season 13. But I just, I think also just that structure of recapping an episode and recapping, you know, what happens in each scene. Like, we're just, we've, we've done it for four years, you know? Yeah. And, and if the show isn't going to change that, that much, then our podcast won't change that much. And, like, that gets old. So Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I think eventually All Right, Mary is just, it, all three of my podcasts will just be variations of me talking about acting choices, best supporting actresses, women in movies, gay moments. Like, yeah. it's, uh, it's a dream come true. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> it's a dream come Why true. I'd like not? to thank the Academy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, I give it all to Justin. So, um, <laughs> that being said, uh, I've I've gone on long enough about All Right, Mary on a podcast that's not about All Right, Mary, and so we're being played off. Uh. Um, I I'm, I hope that I'm not cutting you off, but th- they're playing us that's off. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so that being said, where can folks find more of you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Nick Kochanov. How about you, Helen? Well, you can, of course, find me on the aforementioned All Right, Mary. Uh, You can find me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker or Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And, of course, you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Twitter at BSA Pod. Yeah, and you can also email us any thoughts or suggestions um, at thebsapod at gmail.com. And you guys have really kind of um, been really active on Twitter recently, too. I know that, um, was it Stephen K um, recommended? Mm-hmm. I'm actually down for this episode because I have not seen Easy A with Stanley Tucci. And yes. Patricia, I'm going to say Patricia Richardson. Patricia Clarkson. Um, I would love I that. I feel like I would be just turned on the whole time by Stanley Tucci. I, I just, I've seen yeah. clips and he's just like, you know chopping onions in the kitchen and just you know he has like the towel on his shoulder and i'm just like forget it rolled up sleeves don't even god with the you know the circle glasses he's so sexy he is so sexy um and i know that uh who who else was it there was something else oh it was um tony collette and i'm thinking of ending things yes yeah i think that should go on our list so a lot of great suggestions and we are more than happy to hear from you all so keep them coming yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you for the suggestions. Thank you, Anne and Marco, for this fabulous conversation. Yeah, thank you, Vulture, three um, years ago. Yeah, thank you, Vulture. Um, thank you, 74 million Americans, for uh, voting a, a sane you know, administration into this White House. Yeah. And um, thank you, Justin. I was just going <laughs> to say, and thank you to Justin Thoreau. It all comes back to Justin. Thank, it all comes back to Justin. Uh, and that... As they say, is that. <laughs>